1: You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All
2: right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael.
1: Hello, everybody. It's good to be here. It's good to be back. Back in almost winter. I don't even know. I don't know what's going on outside. Having spent the like past three hours outside, it, it's like thirty something degrees. It's cold. Yeah, yeah. We have a freeze warning tonight, and it was uh, I don't know eighty Couple Saturday, days. Yeah. Sunday, something like that. Yesterday, <laughs> yesterday. Anyway, welcome. Good, to, good to see you, man. Did you did you know? Did you happen to know what episode this is of our little podcast here, dude? It is episode two hundred. 200 and boy do we have something special planned for you guys and by special it's just going to be like all the other ones but <laughs> but we're really excited about it <laughs>
2: there's a lot of preparation that went into this episode our notes <laughs> we
1: went back stopped. through yeah we picked out all of our best clips which we could probably air in a 30 second 30 second time slot maybe so it wouldn't take up a lot of podcasts i would just direct you like the best clips
2: are the previous 199 episodes <laughs> Although I would say they probably got better. So if you want to work, <laughs> start the front, it'll, it's a, it's a, it's a steady climb up. Don't go backwards. <laughs> Don't go backwards. We're professionals now. Yeah, that's what we do. This is what we do. Did you know, Michael, Homefield launched, oh, a fantastic brand of Texas Tech clothing.
1: Yes, I did. So comfy.
2: So great. And did you guys know that if you use our promo code 23Personnel at checkout, you get 15% off your first order? What are you waiting for? Home field. Texas Tech. This guy's really great stuff. All of the Texas Tech stuff is really great. Even like there's one logo I'm not like super high on, but the shirt is so comfortable. So. Yep. There's that. Yeah,
1: I'm with you. And, and just to throw a little bit more fuel to the Oklahoma State copies us fire. Uh, Texas Tech was there first. And then I think it was within a month, Oklahoma State was on home field. We were there first, once again. You got to do better, Cowboys. With, with all the pistols firing and guns ups and whatnots. Yeah. Um, you know who's, who's not first, though,
2: Michael? Who's that? The 23 Personnel Twitter account at Breaking News. <laughs> oh. But if you want to follow us for non-breaking news, for commentary, for podcast updates, for all kinds of Texas Tech stuff, that's just not Breaking News. Because guess what? Michael and I have full-time jobs. That keeps us off Twitter 24-7. Imagine that.
1: You <laughs> breaking can follow. News. That's breaking. Maybe breaking can, News. It,
2: Did yeah. you know that the baseball team had a game? Postponed
1: breaking of course news. I, did. I, was, I was on my. I was at uh Tulia. I had to turn around. I was on my yeah, way. That's too bad.
2: You can follow the show at Twenty Three Personnel at Punts Suck for Spencer, or at Michael underscore lbk for that man over there. You can also hit us up on Instagram Twenty Three Personnel Podcast. Michael, we've got basketball to talk about. A lot of roster updates in the past couple of days, couple of weeks. A couple of weeks, but yeah, well, sure. A couple of weeks, but updates from our (laughs) last recording, uh, additions, subtractions, new coaches hired, rumors of coaches, new rumors of coaches being hired. Um, got a baseball series to, to review polls, updated injury news. Not so great. Yeah. Preview for this upcoming series this weekend against Baylor, okay, so I was going through the the stats for the comparison. At least on defense and pitching, awfully similar to you.
1: Very much. Very close.
2: Yep. And then of course we'll have to talk about um the football spring game. Because your boy was there.
1: Yeah. And speaking cold, of injuries, that day. yes, Damn. we will have to talk about the spring game. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I just realized that I I I put the wrong player's name down there. <laughs> It's good. I thought maybe
1: it was his brother. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. It's going to give you the benefit um, of the doubt.
2: Yeah. And, and before we got, get going on that, I have to remind you, we will be joining locker room. We will be doing some live shows over there. And if you're not familiar with it, it is the live audio only sports talk platform. It's free to download and use for you guys as listeners. You can talk to us, other fans, in real time, perfect for watch parties, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Locker room, like I said, it's a free audio-only social media platform for us, the sports fans. Um, we will get going on that in the fall. We'll definitely tell you when we go live, when we're planning to go live. Join us over on Locker Room.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a fun thing. Uh, They will be working on the, what is it, Google Play, the Android side of things, but now it's available, of course, on desktop or anything, and then as well as your Apple device. Which, you
2: know, I I do have an Apple device, so if if in the fall that's not, you know, available on Google, we'll still be there. Because I do have a secondary phone that's Apple, so...
1: Oh, and and we'll be there. Yeah, we'll be there. This reminds me. Let me get through this ad read before I (laughs) tell you this other thing I was going to tell you. Okay, because I don't know if they would want this in their ad read. Bet online, guys. It's that time of year. Again, and all eyes are now on pro basketball and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet online has all the betting action. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their run for the playoffs. I can't believe playoffs start this month. That's crazy. And if baseball is your first love, Bet Online has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, and championship boxing, Bet Online has it all every sport, every game, every matchup. Bet Online has you covered for all the odds and real time updates and is the place to be for all your sports betting needs. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with Bet Online. You, you said uh, the tournament playoffs start here pretty soon.
2: Close. Well, this month. Within the month, sure. Um, that 7-8 play-in stuff happens May 18th to the 21st. So within For the, the month of today. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. I haven't looked into that. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I think they're carrying over that 7-8 play-in
1: uh, scenario. How did I not know this at all? Okay, that's cool. I, I didn't know that, and I guess it makes sense because they started the season late that they wouldn't resume playoffs exactly. Ah, oh, man, I'm just used to playoffs starting in April, and I just, since I can't watch my Spurs because I don't get ballet sports through Hulu, I... <laughs> okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for
0: prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks.
1: have no idea what's going on in the NBA. <laughs> can i
2: tell you I, I have no idea what's going on with fox sports and ballet sports what all, all that mess that went down um it's still live on Suddenlink, so i'm i'm able to watch it i've watched a considerable number of mavs games lately i watched that uh that luka Doncic step through three-pointer to win the game i watched that live the other night i was like what was that it was nuts that would have been nice yeah
1: that would have been fun. nice I, I get all these um you know these national games that i'm really supposed to care about but i've i've watched one spurs game all year because it was on tnt because i'm, I'm not go. bitter i'm not mad no
2: not at all uh speaking of basketball michael let's uh let's talk some red raider hoops
1: here comes stevenson space
2: All right, so Texas Tech, Mark Adams, he is it's going to work, man. Um, got a a new a new commit in Dallas Baptist guard Chandler Jacobs committed Monday night. Jacobs, um, coming off a really great year, averaged nearly twenty one points, seven point four rebounds, two point four assists, and two point five steals. Um, and for a player that averaged almost 21 points a game, he was named the Lone Star Conference defensive player of the year and academic player of the year. His, his offensive stats, Michael, stupid good. 56% from the field, 45% from three. And I heard an interview said, you know, he rolled his ankle pretty badly in January uh, and then going into their, their postseason tournament, tweaked it again. And he said it affected his ability to get up on his shots. And he said there at the end, like he went like two for 20 from three because of his ankle and like really brought his three point shot down 45%. It was a regression actually. <laughs> yeah. That's actually <laughs> downplaying it. I, and then 83% from the, from the free throw line.
1: I was able to watch some of the video, you know, he's, he's six, three, as you mentioned,
2: it's it, so his game sp-
1: move. Yes. I, I would say, um, and I would say this, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to trash <laughs> McClung. I, I, that's not what I'm here to do. But I. I watched enough of the highlight. Well, I watched. There's like a six-minute highlight video of, of Chandler Jacobs, and of course they're all great highlights. So I have no idea how You're well not he gonna plays put, defense. Um, not going to missed shot on yeah, the highlight. Yeah, every shot. There's not a. There's not a miss shot in the highlight. He's 100 percent on the reel. Um, and it's about half three pointers. Some of them are just really incredible. How he can just pick up the ball and shoot as fast as he can. The distance is incredible. And then the other half is probably uh, finishes at the rim, left-handed, right-handed, reverse, just Euro steps. I I mean, really impressive stuff. The way I was trying to, just because of recent memory, the closest comparison I, I have is McClung because McClung was a driver. McClung was a slasher. But Jacob seems a little more controlled is kind of what I was trying to get at. Um, I mean, that could be the competition. I don't want to Mm -hmm. assume that he's going to just be able to light the world on fire against Big 12 defenses, but I'm not going to be surprised if he's an immediate contributor. And, you know, people are comparing him a little bit to Edwards. I could see that. Edwards was never that... He, he didn't drive like Jacobs can mm, yeah. and probably will. I'm sure that's one of the big reasons they want him is to have that aggressive offense that gets a shot off quicker than 27 seconds or whatever it is. Yeah. And, and I was
2: going to say, I mean, probably because of age and experience, he just looks so polished too. Right. Like he's not, I mean, obviously yes, it was a highlight reel. Like he was never, of course he's
1: never out of control. It never looked sloppy. Yeah, Um. they never they didn't show him getting charges called on him. You know, the, yeah, <laughs> we didn't get to see any of that, uh, but he was able to shift around defenders. And I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to draw a lot of charges or is that what, what do you say? Draw charges, give char- charge, charge, <laughs> be called for a charge. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either, but I, I was, I was pretty excited. We mentioned him last week. I believe he'd kind of gotten on the radar. And then since last week, he's, he's made it official and um, just having a, a shooter. I mean, even, even if he's mainly used as a spot shooter, that's going to be great. He's, it's a, uh, and then the defensive side of it, I wish I could see that. I was maybe I need to go find a Dallas Baptist game that, that is on YouTube somewhere and I could just watch him play defense for a game because apparently he's really good at that. I was about to say that
2: there's gotta be something to him being named the conference defensive player of the year. Yes. To back up all the offensive stats that are reported on him. Um, Yes. Which is crazy. Like I said, dude rebounded or not rebounded scored 21 points a game, uh, more than seven rebounds, three assists, two and a half steals. The the steals is, is defensive, obviously, but to be named Defensive Player of the Year for the conference, on top of all that means. or I would assume it's pretty, pretty talented on the defensive end. Uh, the other other guy that we mentioned last week, uh, Parker Fox from Northern State, ended up committing to Minnesota. That was another one of the D2 players on the radar. Uh, then Lubbock's own Trinity Christian Guard Ethan Duncan committed. a um, little bit of a smaller guy, 511, 160. The little little jab that I I enjoyed in the write up is that he chose Texas Tech over Texas, um, <laughs> but Duncan uh, for for a private school uh, in, in the TAPS District One Four A, averaged twenty seven points a game, seven assists, four rebounds, and two and a half steals a game. Named that district MVP.
1: Yeah, it seems like a really impressive kid, and we love to see local guys staying. It's, it's been something that we've kind of hit Matt Wells over the head a little bit with, but, um, you know, rumor was that Adams was really instrumental in keeping Culver here. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i thinking that this is probably why Duncan stayed around too. So I, I'm thinking we're already seeing a little bit of the draw to Adams. I, I will say if you haven't seen it, there's a, there's a video of Adams talking to the football team yep. that, that came out and it's, it's pretty good where he basically is just kind of talking to the guys about how you choose to win. And of course, you know, if you take that for face value, then why don't we just choose to win <laughs> 14 games every year? Well, okay. All right. I, I get it. But if you watch the video, it it's really good. He he does a good job I think connecting with with the players. And I just I, I don't know, I keep being impressed by him. Yeah, so for I, sure. I'm I'm really looking forward to to more Mark Adams.
2: Um another other roster piece of roster news, former Texas Tech guard Jamaris Burton announced his commitment to Pitt.
1: Going be a Panther up there. Yeah. Um, I, that was basically just this evening. I think he, yeah. This was Tuesday a, evening. Tuesday. That was, that kind of came out. Breaking. Breaking
2: news. You heard it here first. <laughs> Jamari's Burton to pit. Um, Cause of course we're recording this and you'll hear it 12 hours from now. I've
1: right. And because day. we can say breaking, because I spoke to him directly and he told me that that's what he was going. No, no, yeah. that's not what happened. So
2: this next point I'm going to bring up, um, we'll be laughed off and just like disregarded by Texas fans because they're like, we don't want them anyways. But I think it's pretty telling that of all the players that were leaving Texas Tech and the transfer portal, none went to Texas.
1: <laughs> Zero, we didn't up, they didn't want us. them anyway, Spencer.
2: Well, right. Uh, that's what they would say. I know. And they would say, well, that's, you know, he was able to win, you know, in spite of those players and he, he doesn't want them anyways. Um, well, I mean, with a roster as, as depleted as theirs is, like you can't be turning players down. And I don't know how many of them would, would still want to go, but I think that's the point I'm trying to make, is like players didn't want to go play for them. We, we heard rumors that like, I mean, I don't I don't know how, how much to believe in this, but if Beard were the coach at Texas Tech this year, McCuller would not
1: be in Texas Tech next year. So. I hadn't heard that. That doesn't surprise me too much, just kind of how hush hush he was after the season was over and everything the other thing i wanted wow. to add to that um
2: there was a a little bit of a snarky email back and forth kind of released through a open records request that uh andy whitry of out of bounds got him got got him got his hands on uh and i'll, I'll just read part of if you haven't seen it yet On the evening of April 1st, J. Michael Lewis, who was elected chairman of the Texas Tech University System Board of Regents, in December 2020 sent an email that included a link to the official University of Texas press release that announced the hiring of Beard. And then Texas Tech University System Chancellor Dr. Ted Mitchell responded to the email the next morning saying, Chairman, it's been an emotional week for everyone. Chris Beard's callous treatment of Texas Tech University President Dr. Lawrence Skuvenek. Kirby and Board of Regents member Dusty Womble only confirms the serious misgivings many, including me, have had about his character for quite some time. I believe our family will be better off in the long run for his departure.
1: Wow. Yes, if if y'all want a good read, check that out. Andy Whitry did his homework, had a good write-up. I'm totally going to butcher this, but I think he might have been pretty on top of some of the player mistreatment issues with the women's basketball team or possibly the softball team. I swear he had, I think it was his website that, um, he, he grabbed some, uh, Oh, what do you call it? You said it, it released record information. What's that open records request open rep. Yeah. I think he was able to obtain some stuff. So I, I may be completely wrong on that, but anyway, check out his write up cause it's really interesting. And it just reminds you that if you, if you write to <laughs> any of these officials, your name can be broadcasted in one of these open record requests. So
2: here's, here's something There's else. There's a
1: few names that pop up a few times. I'm not going to say them because one, I can't remember who they are, but uh, just definitely do more of a, you know, like Red Raider, Red Raider 1977 at gmail.com and sign it with, you know, l7 or some i don't know just something weird (laughs) don't use your name yeah
2: and the other thing i heard uh, in response to this is that like both of those individuals knew very well what they were doing and that their their communication could be
1: requested Uh, i would imagine a a, chris level said would know or a chancellor would definitely know that yeah
2: chris level said uh conversations that matter happen over the phone yeah so when you get written comments like this like they they know what they're doing. Dr. Ted Mitchell's not an idiot.
1: No. That's I, that was really telling and just kind of backs up some of the rumors we've heard here and there uh about how I don't think I don't think Kirby could have offered him Kirby first name. I don't think Hoka could have offered him anything beyond what, what he already had, which what, would, I still we, think was we saw, we, was we, maybe not the best idea for Beard is to hand him keys to the whole city and then just expect him to be content and stay here forever. I think he needs a fire under his butt and he found one.
2: Yeah, I was and gonna it, say like we, we did offer him like he had that the, the practice facility built for him basically. He had the the rolling lifetime contract. Um he had the money there, the contract or in and the re-up and he's like no I don't want that. So whatever yep. he's gone. Uh those that are here, Mark Adams, continuing to build out his staff. It was uh, I guess confirmed finally that uh, Coach Sean Sutton will stay on as his advisor slash player development role to Coach Adams, and then Coach Adams hired uh, his second assistant Corey Williams from Arkansas. Um, played actually with Sean Sutton at Oklahoma State, so their their introductory cool press connection. conference was was pretty funny. They're talking about how um. Sutton was saying, you know, he, he would have had better stats had Williams passed the ball. Uh, <laughs> and Williams basically said the opposite. Said, "Well, I would have, you know, been able to stay in the NBA longer if, if Sutton had, had given him yep, given up the ball a little bit more." Um, but as a coach, uh, Corey Williams is actually more known for for defense than offense. So you're you're seeing a pretty a
1: shocking hire,
2: pretty defensive minded <laughs> staff here. Um and and not that that Coach Peary isn't defensive minded. So I, I think it's one of the things like he he was I think well rounded in that he ran that up tempo defense, but also really really fast offense. But you know Adams is defensive guy. Williams is kind of a defensive guy. Um, uh, and then Williams uh, more of like his his history from from Seth over at Stegman Plains uh, found as a coach. Williams was an assistant at Oral Roberts in Florida State as well as the head coach at Stetson. He didn't have the best record there. He went 58 and 133 in six seasons and then hopped over to Arkansas starting in 2019 through this last season. So he was there for a couple of years. I think one of the things that, that everybody's pretty excited about, he he was considered one of their best recruiters. Um, oh, that's great. So there is one final position assistant position coach left for Adams to hire and in that that press conference for, for Corey Williams, Sutton did say that Adams isn't rushing this. He's got plenty of, of candidates, plenty of resumes on his desk, guys that are reaching out, that are qualified, that want this job, so he's not in a big rush. And I did hear that, um, again, it's no big secret, it's on the radio here, that Darby Rich is expected to be officially named the uh, head strength and conditioning coach at Texas Tech. Uh, he's coming over from Memphis, but he's, he's been around some other Power 5 programs. I think Texas A&M had him for a while as
1: well. Um, sure going to miss Coach Riley, but best of luck to Rich. You know, obviously that's, that's what you want is, is someone to come in and take over. And Adams, to touch on what you said earlier about not rushing to hire, Adams just doesn't seem like a guy who's going to rush anything. about anything if he doesn't have to. Except on defense, apparently. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's, he has a sense of urgency, and he probably has a, sense of, uh, he has a sense of discipline, definitely. Oh, we should mention this quickly before we move on to baseball. There was a great interview with Jay Crowder that was floating around Twitter. Uh, maybe if I can dig up the link, I'll, I'll add it to our show notes. But someone asked him, I think it was someone with Red Raider Sports or yeah, I think somebody. So. It was Ben Golan. Yeah, it was a it was a post game interview, and randomly asked him about Coach Adams and any thoughts from him getting the Which job at me, Tech, and it, it just makes
2: me wonder how how he Red Raider Sports got somebody <laughs> into the post game press conference to ask him. But yeah,
1: I have no idea how that happened. But props, but it did. Yeah, and so it took advantage. off the cuff after he's played a pro game, he gets he gets asked this question about Coach Adams, and he's able to talk about him for over two minutes and. And how much he meant to him, and that he gave him, gave him a good chance, and and was, you know, really happy for him. And he, he even said something like, uh, "I figured it would have come a lot sooner than this. I'm surprised yeah. that someone hasn't given him this chance uh, until now." And then one of the things I was going to mention was just they asked about a story. It was kind of a cringy way to ask the question, but the question got asked about a Coach Adams story, and Crowder was able to remember one where he had not been given a lot of effort on defense in, in practice and coach Adams made him do wall squats with two plates of 45 sitting on his lap. And that was a, that was a way that kind of woke him up and he even, he said, you know, he considered quitting after that happened, but Adams was able to explain to him why that was important for that to happen. And, uh, for, for him to take defense seriously and and all that kind of stuff. So it kind of, that was something he remembered from, from coach Adams. So um, just because he may not be yelling and screaming as much as, as some coaches we might see or have gotten used to, that doesn't mean he's not going to coach these players a little harder when they need it. Right. But anyway, that's, that's a great thing to look at because I just can't imagine someone asking me about a boss I had eight years ago. Randomly with a camera in my face, and I'm supposed to just come up with a story. <laughs> and anyway, it was he did a really nice job. Yeah, I agree. All
2: right, let's talk a uh, let's talk a little bit of baseball.
1: Do it. Left field, well struck. Desloney
0: picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second.
2: all the team
0: wow this one launched deep left off the battle Warren and into the bleachers there he goes and the pitches is driven high deep to right
2: so your our Red Raiders return home from a weekend series in West Virginia they are now twenty six and eight seven and five on the season rankings update uh consensus top ten across all this this uh the board here d one baseball and no, just, just D1 Baseball has them the highest at five. Then the National College Baseball Writers Association and the AP Baseball Coaches Poll have them at six. And then Collegiate Baseball and Baseball America have them at number 10. RPI drops one spot to 15 after taking two of three from the Mountaineers. Um, I don't know if you watch any of the games this weekend, Michael. The pitching, especially the starting pitching, was... Outstanding. Mason Montgomery yes. for his efforts on Sunday named Big 12 Pitcher of the Week and the National College Baseball Hall of Fame National Pitcher of the Week. Uh, Patrick Monteverdi pitched on Friday as your Friday night opener. Uh, and he was named Big 12 Newcomer of the Week. Those two combined for 2 0 oh, that they won both their games on the weekend, gave up four hits out of 45 plate appearances, good for a mm-hmm. 0.89 batting average in their 13.2, uh, 13 and two thirds innings pitched gave up only four hits. One run struck out 19 and walked four. um, Monteverdi had seven innings, two hits, no runs, three walks, seven K's Montgomery, six and two thirds,
1: also two hits. He gave it the one run. Although <laughs> that was one of those weird rules, wasn't it? Yeah, so the, that was on Sunday with the Yeah. I, go ahead. I know what you're gonna So the the yeah. the first hit that well the,
2: the the hit here that ended up being the, the the guy that scored was a pop fly that fell between Stillwell at first and Jace Young at second. Both were calling for it, then both backed off and the ball dropped. I mean, in most everybody's minds, you you consider that that would be an error because that was a, a play that should have been made under normal effort. Um but it's one of those things where like, if it doesn't touch the, the defender the, the guy, you know, on the field, like not technically an error. I don't know. It ended up being considered a hit. And then a couple batters later uh, smoked one down the right field line, um, got over the head of Easton Morel into the wall. And then that run comes around to score, but Montgomery uh, only walks one strikes out 12. He had struck out the, the, he had struck out, struck out, five batters in his first six batters faced. So in his first two innings, he had five strikeouts
1: and Jeez. no hits. Um, no wonder those two innings got, cause I didn't watch the first two innings. I, I missed some of that. And, and it, it happened really quickly. Yes. <laughs> I think I turned it on. We were in the third or fourth. I'm like, good gosh, what happened?
2: And then Cal Conley national college baseball hall of fame, Nationals shortstop
1: of the week. So a couple of national baseball hall of fame honors this week.
2: Yeah. You're catching their eye injury update. I think we all uh, were, we're happy to see drew Baker back in the lineup. Uh, it looks like his leg muscle, whatever it was, hamstring or quad was a little bit better. Um, he stole a base. There, there was one play. I think it was Friday night. Actually, there was like a line kind of went like a, one of those in between line drive, pop flies, hit out to left field. And there was a little bit of a wind and he started back first and then had to, to stop and then and try to like lunge forward to catch it. And it looked really awkward. And I was like, oh no, his legs, and he just popped up laughing about it. I was like, oh, oh he's fine.
1: <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah. That, that makes your heart skip a beat.
2: And you're like, no, you just got back. Um, but we did see, or we did hear Dylan Noisy um, going to be out for some extended time. He, I, he Maybe the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, with a fractured vertebrae in his back, um, and then Kurt Wilson ended up breaking a bone in his hand or thumb, um, and will be out until Big Twelve tournament regional time, like six to eight weeks, um, which is unfortunate because he was
1: doing really well too. So, um. Well, I guess I'll be rooting for a a deep run in the Big 12 tournament this year just to get Wilson in there and get him some playing time before (laughs) any sort of postseason play. Um, And then really quickly, I know we just kind of talked about it, but um,
2: Wednesday is actually the day after we recorded you, you defeated SFA seven to five. Um, that game on Friday night at West Virginia 7-2 behind those seven innings from Patrick Monteverdi. He gets his sixth win of the season. You get the scoring started off. I, I like seeing Braxton Fulford up in the batting order. He's been batting second lately, which is pretty cool. And Easton morrell has been doing really well as a as leadoff hitter. Uh, Fulford tripled in the first to score Morel, uh, And then Jace Young doubled. Now, while Jace Young was was doing his own thing at the plate this weekend. Didn't record a home run and it's still tied for first in the country in home runs. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, Now that they're, he's now sharing that with like two other guys. Um, Braxton Fulford did hit a home run on Friday. Uh, Fulford went three of four on the night with four RBIs, which you don't see a lot of RBIs from your, your your second spot, your two hole hitter. You also don't usually see a a catcher there. Yeah. Um, but Jace Young Friday night went one for five. Cole Stilwell one for four. Drew Baker, oh for four. Um, you know, you ended up hitting, you got nine hits on the night. It was really strange, though. You Like you had a lot of uh, well, I guess it was on Saturday. You had a you had a, you had a lot of uh your batters get on base via the hit by pitch.
1: Yeah, um, Saturday was really bad. Was uh, I think there were six. I think there were six uh, batters on Saturday that that made it on base. Yeah, you had e- Easton
2: Morel had one, Braxton Fulford had one, Cal Conley had one, Cody Masters had two, Dylan Carter had one. So you had f- you had six guys, five guys get on base via the hit
1: by pitch. Um, only recorded but despite th- all that, just really was un just unable to bring them home. Yeah, Just a lot of a lot of stranded base runners on Saturday.
2: You end up leaving set, or 12 runners on base on Saturday, uh, which is OK. So you had six hits, seven walks uh, and you left 12 on base. Um, you were something like. I don't have it in front of me like you were really bad uh, batting with runners in scoring position. The game ends on a walk off. Um, really, really interesting defensive move. I don't know if you saw the end of that game, Michael, but um, I, I didn't.
1: I I saw the middle of it, and I thought, oh, Texas, they're gonna do okay. And then, uh, no, <laughs> they didn't.
2: Yeah. Well, so West Virginia started the scoring off. Uh, got to a three three zero lead. Um, Texas Tech got it to two three three two whatever. Uh, then West Virginia scored one more, um, and then Texas Tech takes the lead. On a bases loaded walk in the sixth, five four, mm-hmm. West Virginia ties it in the eighth, and then they get the bases loaded in the ninth with nobody out, and then Tadlock, <laughs> so he brings in, um, I think it was Drew Baker. He brought him in as like an extra infielder, and then put Andrew Devine in the outfield. So you oh. You, you you had you had two defensive substitutions in the outfield uh, where you you played divine because really at that point anything in the outfield was was going to be the ball game anyways uh, with the bases loaded. But he had three infielders basically on the edge of the grass, like the front edge of the dirt um, on the left side. So you had like shortstop Dylan Baker and Parker Kelly. And then you mm-hmm. had on the right side, Stillwell and Jace Young. And like, you get exactly what you want. Ryan Sublette gets the um, uh, Kleska to hit a ground ball to Stillwell. And he comes up firing and throws the ball to Fulford, who's covering the plate. But I, don't, I can't remember if it was a throw or if like Fulford just like lost his mind for a second, came off of the bag, off the base. Oh no. Uh, and then the run scores and that's the game. But like you had, you had the the defensive alignment actually worked out well where you were playing with uh, essentially seven infielders and you got the guy to ground out to one of your infielders, you know, now it was going to be a long shot to do that or record three outs, but you know, it happens. It, it was, it was a weird day <laughs> with all of the the hit by pitches and walks. Sunday, though, you came back. Mason Montgomery set the tone early. Like I said, you got up to a pretty big lead. Um, and you ended up winning the game 10-1. You didn't get the 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 run rule because you only had a nine-run lead going into the, the seventh. Um, which at that just was just too like, bad. I don't know. I was like, okay, well, if you're not going to run, well, might as well now just like pour a bunch on. But you didn't end up scoring anything extra after that. 10-1. Uh, you scored one in the first one in the fourth, two in the fifth, six in the sixth. You really, you know, put the game away there. Uh, you were just, like I said, one run short of, of the run rule and then ended up just holding it out. Uh, you did that 10 runs on 14 hits, only gave up two hits on the day on Sunday um, to win that game 10-1 to come home. Um, now seven and five in Big 12 play. And you were going to be ready to go up to Amarillo to play Oklahoma today, Tuesday night. That game got postponed uh, because of weather. So now you're getting ready to host Baylor.
1: Yeah. I, I I think we, I should mention, I've read a, a good recap of the series on red Raider dugout.com. Randy Rosetta had a post about the WVU What WVU. Why do I call them that? (laughs) The, The West Virginia series. Anyway, go check them out. redraiderdugout.com. Also listen to their podcasting or Derby as we've plugged several times, but Conley in game three, four for five with two home runs, one coming from each side of the plate. Dude, that was something else. Like that was,
2: that was <laughs> that <is> incredible. <laughs> yeah. So like, like Michael in, uh, Conley's obviously a switch hitter. Um, but hit home runs. I think into both bullpens uh, from both <laughs> sides of the plate. You said four for five. He scored three runs himself. Knocked yeah. in four runs. Um, was just left on once.
1: Yeah on on the weekend, and if, this is why he was getting that uh, national honor on the weekend. Six for twelve. So he batted five hundred on the weekend. Five five runs. Um, two home runs, of course. And five RBIs. Trying to put up those Jace Young numbers. (laughs) Yeah. Really, really great weekend from Conley.
2: So before we roll into the Baylor preview, guys, I need to let you know it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now on pro basketball and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Alonda AG has all the betting action. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their run for the playoffs, like we said, is just in a month. And if baseball is your first love, BetOnline has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, and championship boxing, BetOnline has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup. BetOnline has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates and is the place to be for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with
1: BetOnline. Folks, I'm here to tell you that your outdoor experiences could be better, clearly better. Kanan sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. Using Japanese optics, Kanan's lenses are clearer, lighter, and stronger than other lenses and are nearly impossible to scratch. With frames handcrafted in Italy, Kanan sunglasses elevate your experiences outside with a degree of clarity beyond your wildest imagination. Use the exclusive code kanancast 15 at Canaan.com to receive 15% off on your first pair. That's CanaanCast15, K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5, Canaan. Clearly better. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day,
0: With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Like I said, you had a, uh, a game versus Oklahoma postponed and then rescheduled to May 4th tonight due to weather up in Amarillo, that would have been a non-conference game, uh, and a neutral site, kind of interesting. I I did see that Baylor has also played Oklahoma in a non-conference game. They played in Round Rock, mm. which is funny because they had to go past Waco to do it. <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> but anyways, you're you're hosting Baylor, the Bears, who are 24 and 12, five and seven in the Big 12. Um, I was going through the schedule trying to see, you know. Who who they who who have they played? So like, do these stats line up? Like, have they played all the all the really tough teams in the conference? Have they played the bottom teams? Uh, they they played a little bit of everybody. Um, interesting. Left. No, they lost the series to start the season against UTRGV. Just throwing that out there for a little little uh, jab at the Bears. They lost the series to Texas. They were swept by TCU. They won the series versus West Virginia, and they won the series versus Kansas. And then. Following the Baylor series quick look ahead to next week. You will host New Mexico on Tuesday, the 27th. Um, but like I said, in the comparison of the two teams, Texas tech and Baylor, there's so much that is similar, especially on defense, but Baylor leads the conference actually in batting average. They are 10 points ahead of you. Uh, they're good. They're you know, obviously first you're, you're at fifth and just 10 points behind them. um, you did give up your first spot in on-base percentage. You're now second, but you're first in slugging to Baylor's fourth and on-base and sixth and slugging. Uh, you hit more doubles, way more home runs, tied for triples. Um, you score about a run and a half more per game than does Baylor. You walk a ton more than Baylor does. Um. Now they don't strike out. You are last in the conference in strikes out strikeouts, yeah, which is a little worrisome. But everything else is like, well, everything else is really good. <laughs> so
1: they don't strike out. They don't steal bases.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and they don't steal bases. Whereas you know Texas Tech is is good for fifth in the conference, right there in the middle. Defensively, uh, Texas Tech and Baylor are two three. Baylor gets the nod there in terms of team ERA, um, batting average. Texas Tech is second. Baylor is third. Hits given up Texas Tech is first Baylor's fourth runs allowed. Uh, you have allowed 152 runs. Baylor's given 156 runs. They get a slight nod here because they've played a couple more games than you have,
1: mm-hmm. so their
2: runs per game is 4.3 whereas yours is 4.5. Um, you don't walk as many batters as they do. Barely. I had to I extended the, the decimal point out there to 3.99 because it would have rounded up to four and they give up 4.1 uh, walks. Uh, You do strike out opposing batters uh, about one and a half batters more per game. You give up fewer home runs and they have one one thousandth of a point better in their fielding percentage better than you.
1: Another, this really reminds me a lot of the TCU series, not quite the same categories, but a dang good looking matchup just on, on paper based off of what we can see here. Yeah, for sure, aside from TCU being the best at stealing bases and Baylor being the worst, that might be the biggest <laughs> stick out to me.
2: Yeah, the, ironically, they do get guys on base. I mean, if you look at their average, they're you know leading the conference at almost 300. Um, update on some interesting stats from the team. Monteverdi is moved up in the Big 12 standings in terms of ERA, he's now sixth. At just over two, he's at 2.24. His whip dropped a little bit to 0.88. Opponent's batting average dipped a little bit after this weekend as well, as you would expect, at 0.199. He's thrown 52 innings on the year, gives up uh, his walks per nine is going up a little bit. Um, he's at 1.6. Strikeouts is up to 10.2 per nine. And like I said, it's now t- he's now six and one on the season. As a team, you're tied for eighth in the country and runs scored. You are, you moved up and walks earned. You're now fourth or you're back to fourth you You're eighth in on base percentage defensively you're tied for seventh and double plays turned. So that combination of Conley and young working well up the middle tied for third in the country and home runs Jace young tied for first with fifteen, and that's like I said, still after not hitting one all weekend against West Virginia,
1: not too bad, not too bad to to maintain your spot after just having a pedestrian weekend in Morgan, Morgantown. Yeah,
2: and and we we kind of figured like he one he might cool off, but two like he might not see as many good pitches to hit. Oh, um, sure. Having Conley hit behind him is certainly helping, though, because like you can't pitch around Young, um, and then and have, Conley, and then have yeah Conley back there who can hit it out just like he can. But baseball this weekend, looking forward to what could be should be a really good series this weekend hosting the Bears.
1: Yep uh, the the one game I went to in 2019 ended on a walk off single that uh, that I think it was a Saturday, the Saturday night game tech ended it on a walk off single. It was a really exciting ending to that game. So looking forward to another good matchup between these two. Yeah, for sure.
2: Um, I, I can't wait to talk about the football spring game, Michael. So you ready? <laughs> I'm ready to hear it. All right, let's get there.
0: Shotgun from the 28 The throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He oh, he's going to go higher side Red Raider. Unbelievable. Watch oh. Red, oh. Red Raiders. Michael
1: Crabtree has done
2: it. Let the scoring begin. You know, there's something for everybody in that cra- Crabtree call from Brian Jensen, John Harris, and our main man, Sonny Comby. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> My favorite was just John Harris. No, <laughs> I mean, I don't it know what I would loud, have said. <laughs> I don't like in that instance, like if I was on the call, and especially being like the, the color analyst, whatever,
1: but like we would all turn into Brick Tamlin. It'd just be loud noises, just nonstop <laughs> ah! clapping in the background, like the obnoxious big clap.
2: Um, all right, so you know, I I didn't do this weekend, Michael. The Obnoxious big clap at the spring game
1: because it oh, wasn't too bad. You could have led it. You could have led the the obnoxious big clap.
2: <laughs> and going into it, I was I was I was ticked off, peeved, if you will. Oh, about well. the spring game not being on TV. Yes, sitting there in person, I realized why they didn't.
1: Oh, I I figured. Yes. I think we cracked that code before y'all even went because you and Keith went. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, re- I met up with Keith at the game, the stadium Yeah,
2: and his family. But uh, so the first half was, was the scrimmage was the spring game. Uh, and the second half air quotes here was, it was a few minutes, like literally just a few minutes of some seven on seven plays. I won't even call them drills. There's a couple of plays and then one-on-one drills, which the seven on seven would have been better to broadcast one-on-one. Not really. Um, the second half just felt like you were watching practice. The problem (laughs) with that part of it though, we're talking about practice. (laughs) They had Rico Jeffers on a handheld mic, just screaming like what was going on. Like it was like on field commentary as it was happening, but it was also windy. So it was like, (laughs) and the dude screaming into it. Like you heard nothing. It was, (laughs) it was sorry. Really sorry about your ears. Just then it was obnoxious. Like that, that I, I get nothing from this. Um, and they, they were running like one on one, especially in the one-on-one section. Um, a bunch of guys out there that like, you don't know who they are. They're wearing numbers, like receivers wearing numbers in the forties. Um, not on their roster. It's like, cool. I don't know what I'm looking at. Glad I wasted my time sitting out here in the freezing cold to watch. <laughs> A receiver who's wearing number 42 who's on the roster not 42. catching people yeah it was like a tight end or something i don't know man i don't know it was weird the thing i was most interested to see because i wasn't going to see it unless i was there or as well just paying attention to twitter is uh the quarterbacks uh and the order they played and then how they looked so you probably have seen it by now henry columbia came out first uh, but he got only one series, and then Tyler Shuck had three in a row. So it went mm-hmm. Columbi, Shuck, 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 Columbia. And then it was turned over to Donovan Smith and Baron Morton.
1: Oh, I like this. I like I like the Donovan Smith keys. Um tossing the keys to Smith. That's 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 not bad. Well,
2: t- speaking of tossing things to Smith, he had a pass batted up in the air where he himself caught it. So he he was there you go. he caught his own pass. Hands team. Um and he was able, I mean, they weren't allowing anybody to touch the quarterbacks, but he was able to get around the edge running, like as like as he caught the ball and ran around the offensive line. Um, he was he didn't look like he was trying really hard, but at six four, the dude can move. He's a big mm. kid. Like he's like six, four, six, five. 225 230 oh i don't hate this at all he's a he's a big kid shuck is also pretty tall he's yes um he's not as as uh stout as smith is And i'm not saying smith is like heavy like he just he's solid uh he's mm-hmm. grown into his body definitely looks different than henry columbia or baron morton uh columbia and smith were the only quarterbacks to leave score to lead scoring drives Uh, I mean, there may have been a drive that ended on a field goal, but it was a really, really long field goal attempt. Um, And I think because of that, Wells had both of his field goal kickers attempt the field goal. So they, they they ran it back to back and both of them made it. Oh, that's good sign, which I think they were like 45 yard field goals into the wind. Yeah. We'll take that. um, Taking advantage of the guy in front of him being out and JJ Sparkman, Looked really good. This is a wide receiver that would play behind Eric Ezukanma, who we later found out was held out because he broke his arm on Thursday. Like, yeah, and uh, so in the second half, I sat next to to Rob Bro, and Bro said apparently it was so bad that like, I had to
1: stop practice. Oh my gosh! So <laughs> we had to. We, we like we took a collective moment of silence there totally <laughs> unplanned because I was just thinking about how bad it must've been to stop a football practice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, that's it's, rough, man. It's not good. I, I hope, I hope he comes back and so well, just one, just functions normally as a human and, and two is hopefully able to play a little bit more at Texas tech this, uh, this fall.
2: So the good thing, like not that you would wish any kind of injury on anybody, Um, A broken bone heals fairly quickly, especially when you're looking at like off season uh, six to eight weeks, even if you have to have surgery pins on that kind of stuff, the break is typically stronger after it's healed than it was previously the bone there. And because it wasn't muscular or tendon damage,
1: like or joint or, or
2: yeah. And the joint, like it's one of those things for a wide receiver, as long as it's not, it doesn't turn into some kind of mental kind of, block there shouldn't impact his game. What's going to impact is missing out on the like, extra practice and, and conditioning time over sure. the summer. Um but you can run with a cast. <laughs> I mean I don't know how like, how bad it was, but in a few weeks when he's feeling better, I'm sure it doesn't feel great. Oh um, gosh, no. But Sir Roderick Thompson, uh, we heard was all was held out. Xavier White was also held out. And then in the the seven on seven or is the one on one period, I can't remember was a deep pass over the middle to Travis Kuntz tight end. Uh, he caught it in the end zone, but like it looked like he may have fallen on top of the ball, and had the wind knocked out of him. Um, it looked pretty, pretty innocent enough, but like he laid on the turf for several minutes.
1: Not So mimic. are you thinking, okay, if it's not just wind knocked out of him, what like possible ribs, if maybe if there's yeah, something some kind of lingering internal, yeah. beyond just that. Oh man. Okay. Man, so that really is breaking. Yeah, it was. I haven't seen that anywhere, but from you, my friend. Um, Chadarius Townsend, Chad, as, as I want to call him, Chad
2: Townsend, uh, looked pretty good from the running back. There was a couple of the one-on-one drills. and I, I told you I didn't get much out of it, but there was one. Um, it was running back versus linebacker in like... Townsend was running a route. Um, he stuck his, his foot in the turf and did a hard nine degree turn. And the linebacker basically just fell over. Oh, man. So uh, th- th- there's a picture. I don't know if you saw it or if anybody saw it on Twitter where Townsend's running up the sideline, carrying the ball and like the entire team is behind him. It's because like, as soon as that happened, the rest of the offense that was not on the field participating in the one-on-one drill was like storming after him because it was mm-hmm. such a good move. Um, and the other thing I want, I guess I noticed or want to point out, I don't know if it was just a a factor of just the format of the spring game or just the defense looking a little bit better. Um, I didn't see any like weird broken tackles or people diving at feet. Um, But also because it's a scrimmage against yourself, you know, say your offensive players, your skill position didn't break any tackles or didn't um, do anything like that. But defense looked good. Don't, don't pay any attention to the, the score of the spring game. Cause I think offense won like 38, 27 or something. It definitely, um, points favored any kind of offensive movement of the ball. Like, Oh, you got a first down here's 10 points. It wasn't that bad, but basically, um, especially since the game, the spring game started off with a defensive turnover
1: now. Oh, that's right. Because it was a, a fan got to pick the first play of the game and picked something kind of crazy. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't know if like all of her options were, were trick plays, but it
2: was a, it was a, a throwback back to Columbia. Um, and the throwback was intercepted by defensive lineman. <laughs> it was not good. Um, now I, mean, I I doubt that the defense knows the play name, but like she announced it over the PA system to the entire stadium. We're going to, I want to run this play and mm-hmm. well said. Which one? This one here, and, and said it again. I can't remember. It was like Gopher or something.
1: Uh, that's what I remember seeing was Gopher, but I'm not sure if that's right. If we both thought it, that's got to so, be it.
2: So, I mean, y- y- you can you can say the defense knew what was coming because they announced the play. I don't know if they would have been known the offensive playbook enough to be like, oh yeah, that's that uh, that throwback back to the quarterback. Yeah. Interior defensive lineman, watch out for it.
1: Yeah. Why don't you run through and see what you could do about that? <laughs>
2: But otherwise you learn nothing. Um, it wasn't like, I mean, it was a really bland spring game practice at that. Um, didn't leave feeling like I wanted, like I saw what I wanted to see. Although I went in knowing that I wasn't going to see anything. So like I left even more disappointed because it was not (laughs) what I wanted to see, but that's that. Spring football is over. Now it's uh summer conditioning, getting ready for fall camp in August.
1: I, I just can't believe we're getting closer to another season. And I'm not sure if I'm ready for it. I'm not ready for it yet.
2: Yeah. Well, until then, you want to talk about what we learned? Yes, I do. Let's get it. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, so. Michael's got the bulk of the, what we learned <laughs> topics here. So I'm going to go first and get out of the way. Um, my little update for going yard. I'm still trying to get the seedlings for the, the garden ready to go and then clearing oh, yeah. the space. Yeah. I can't figure like, I know that if the seedlings get real long uh, under like the stem gets really long underneath the, the first couple of leaves, they're not getting enough light, but obviously I'm not going to put them outside with the weather we've had with the, the really high winds and it's been cold. Um, my little incubator is still chugging along, but like even then some of those, those are like, I don't know, man, it's not really working out how I hoped it to. Uh, and then little league. Um, when we played Thursday and we played tonight and my little Dodgers, okay, Bryson Deshambo, Dodgers went two and zero over that time. Oh, they won tonight. I'm just learning this firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when when I got on, I was not like the best of moods. And I will confess it's how the game ended that that really irked me.
1: Um, I knew go, they won this weekend. Like, what, pretty handily? 9-3 to three or something? Or what nine was it? 9-2, yeah. 9-2. Um, going into the
2: final inning, we were up 11-0
1: tonight. Oh my gosh. 11-0. Tonight? Mm-hmm. <sighs>
2: And and it was one of those things where, like, the team we were playing were, was just bad enough that, like, I knew after just the first few minutes, like, we should win this game. Um, their coaches seemed disinterested in the game. Like, I, I, from my third base spot when we were on offense, their coaches were just BSing about anything else besides the game happening in front of them. Oh man. So like I was kind of disinterested in the game because <laughs> like, well, they're not interested. I'm not really interested. <laughs> um, and it was, like I said, it was not really competitive, but then we ended up giving, we we gave up four runs in the last inning. Two of them came on a home run, not on a home run, but the batter ended up scoring. He should have been out at first really easy ground ball hit to first base. Our pitcher mm-hmm. comes up firing to first Misses um, Grayson is in right field. We've been t- working on backing up the throws. I'm telling him, like, if the plays at first, I want you to come around and be in this one specific specific spot where you're far enough away from first base. So if the ball gets away, you can see it. You'll have time to react, pick it up, limit the damage. And what does he do? The play's coming at first. He's running at first base. Ball gets uh. past the first baseman and goes into right field. Dude scores. It's like, oh my gosh it was, it was a comedy of errors where like the kids were more interested in how much time was left on the clock and how big of a lead we had. Um, and, and and tonight's game and on Thursday night's game, uh, I was like, don't worry about the score. Let's finish the game. But they were just so distracted by everything else. So both games, we gave a book, I think a combined six runs in our last defensive stand. And I'm like, that's not okay. Because they obviously weren't doing this in the first five innings of both games. Yeah. It's only happening because you're not paying attention or not doing what you're supposed to do.
1: Right. So like you said, you're looking at the scoreboard thinking, Hey, this is over. We can just kind of relax the last inning.
2: Yeah. It was 11, zero. And then like they end up scoring four runs and the other team scored two or three. It was like, stop. (laughs) Come on, guys. I mean, that Keep run... Keep your dif- foot on their throats. <laughs> that that was, run you know differential... <laughs> yeah, basically. That run <laughs> differential is, is going to help seeding at the end of, when we have a bunch of teams tied for whatever it's going to be. Um, so, you know how I, I, I said we, we've played three of the top four teams in the league. We will play mm-hmm. the fourth team, fourth top team in the league on Saturday. Ooh, big game coming up. Except they're like the second best team in the, in the rankings right now. Not confident at all. <laughs> However... Once we get past them, we'll be four and four, assuming we lose on Saturday. And we will have four or five games left. We
1: should be able to win the rest of our schedule. Wow. What a run that would be. Especially after the year you had last year. Yeah. Last year we went
2: four and seven. Right now we've already tied the number of wins. We're at four and three right now.
1: Yeah. Well. Well. I think, I think you've come a long way coach.
2: Well, that's not something else I'm talking about, but I'll save it for later. <laughs> so Michael has an, a going yard update that I can't wait to hear.
1: I have a going up yard update. Spencer, I'm officially back in the lawn care business here at 23 personnel North. <laughs> Did you fire your, your, your landscaping crew? No, he fired me. Oh no. Is it cause you wanted to go every other week? I have no idea. Um, I got an email two weeks ago saying that he was starting up his regular lawn care stuff. Uh, You know, normal days, everything will be just like it was. And then last week on Monday, they didn't come. And I thought, well, that's odd. But I thought, well, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it because sure it could be scalped right now and maybe a little edged, but it's fine. It's not like it's going crazy on me and then later last that same week last week he sent an email saying that he was letting me go and i and, and i don't know if it was just me or if it was i don't think it was just me i think it was mainly lawn care he was focusing on different aspects of the business irrigation and uh, the backflow testing so anyway so within the last 2 weeks he apparently made a big life decision huh. and then passed me on to another Uh, another company who would be willing to take me on. And I I spoke with them and you know, I'd already kind of had in the back of my mind, things are different now than they were the last two years. I was working quite a bit on weekends and stuff and I'm not as much now. Things have slowed down some more. So I was kind of half thinking of trying to do it again myself anyway. And so now this basically opened the door completely for that. So I told the guy that said, you know, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to do it myself. And so yesterday I edged for the first time mm. in two years, myself, and my arms are still kind of sore. <laughs> and it took me almost longer to start the, the weed eater edger than it did to actually do the damn edging. I was gonna ask you, ha- have, after having sat for two years, how long did it take you to get it started? <laughs> it was a solid 30 minutes of me just ripping on it, ripping on it, ripping on it, until I like was out of breath. And then I would set it down and kind of walk around and look busy. (laughs) And then I'd come back and rip on it some more and I couldn't get anywhere with it. It, The lawnmower shouldn't be too bad because randomly a weekend or two ago, it's almost like I knew this was coming. Uh, My little girl and I were out in the garage just pilling around, tearing down cardboard boxes or whatever. And I had been wanting to start my lawnmower just because I haven't started it in forever either. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to start it. And so I took it out to the driveway and I had my little girl with me and I was like, all right, cover your ears. And <laughs> 20 minutes later, you got her going. covering her ears finally paid off. <laughs> so at least I know they both start and they both run. But yes, I am back into the lawn business. I'm already thinking about, you know, what type of uh, weed and feed I need to put down. It's just all it's it's all happening again. And I've got to come up with a better method. I think I just want to edge once every two weeks. And then I think I may want to mow every week just to keep that down. We'll see. I'm 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 trying to change it up. So that's my big update. Proud of that. you. <laughs> I,
2: I I don't edge every time I mow either.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't think well especially when you mow you mow at least once every week. Sometimes, Sometimes I'm, twice I'm, once it's really going. I should be
2: mowing twice a week. Now, the now this little cold snap the past few weeks. Now <sighs> the lawn has gotten long. It needs to be cut. But with the being cold and then the rain, um, it's been about a week since I've cut it. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't edge and weed eat every time I cut because I should be out there twice a week.
1: On top of all this, the hedges in front of our window are dead. Oh no. The frost, that the the winter polar <laughs> vortex eclipse, <laughs> the whatever minus it was, 10 that came through <laughs> equinox, it it just completely destroyed them. Everyone on our block has dead shrubs, and so I've got to figure out how to get those out without destroying the drip irrigation in the process. And anyway, it's all fun. It's all fun. It's good. It's great, Spencer. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy yeah. to be back mowing again. I think. So you also teased about a little brisket experiment you had going on. I did. Okay. I'm going to go into these. Um, We didn't go too long. So uh, this may be, buckle up people. The (laughs) what we learned may be a a little bit of a stretch. I did talk quite a bit on the last episode about what I learned from Evie Mays when I did their barbecue class, their brisket, mainly focused on brisket. And the spring game was scheduled... Well, after I'd already scheduled to smoke a brisket on the same day. And so that's why I was not in attendance. I was, I was well, busy at the house you, smoking you, a brisket. You had planned to be busy in, in,
2: in actuality, the brisket came off and you were letting it rest during the time of the spring game, but you were also committed yes. to
1: not going to the spring game, which I don't, I don't blame it. I was, well, you know, then you have to slice it. I mean, there was a lot going on. It's uh, yeah. The brisket it's came off. I put it on at midnight because i have a horrible track record of briskets taking just incredibly long amount of time and so i put it on at midnight thinking it might be done by noon or two yeah it was done at 10 Mm, a.m that morning and it was right at a 10 after i trimmed it it was right at 10 pounds but the the thing i felt the most confident about with this was was how much i trimmed off of it because it seemed like a crazy amount to me but after going to that class they estimated they or oh, that day, uh R&S trimmed one, and he trimmed 35% of the weight off of it. And I trimmed 34.2. So I felt really good about of at least the numbers. <laughs> right. The <laughs> metrics added up. Uh, the brisket itself, I would give it like a 7 out of 10. I was not super impressed with it. And I don't think it's... It's obviously nothing to do with the class. I, I think there was something I missed there. One of the things that they did in the class was they... He sprays it with apple cider vinegar when he wraps it. Mm-hmm. I did not do that because it was 5 a.m. in the morning when I wrapped it. And I probably wasn't thinking quite clearly. You just ready to get back to bed. Yeah. And my um, wireless thermometer had given out the night before. It mm-hmm. just kept measuring the grill temp, just kept measuring like 230, 245. And I'm like, what the heck is happening? <laughs> so I just had to set an alarm for 5 a.m. and hope for the best and go check it then. But I think that was part of the downfall. And then the other downfall was I used Traeger's pellet blend. This was something that didn't didn't dawn on me. And I hadn't told you this or any of the guys in Slack. Uh, Usually when I do a brisket, because I've had issues getting a good smokiness flavor, I buy 100% post oak pellets that they sell at Outdoor Chef. Not Mm -hmm. a sponsor, but if you know someone, let us know. Outdoor Chef has... Uh, different bags of a hundred percent mesquite or hickory or post oak. If you're going for something more than a blend of random woods, then that's what you get. I thought mes- I had some of that left. hundred percent mesquite would be a little overpowering. Go on. I know. I, I bought that <laughs> the first time I went and I've had this smoker <laughs> because I grew up in around Abilene and that was, you know, that's, people use mesquite had. a lot. Yeah. And anyway, so I bought that. That was one of the first bags I bought. Was 100% mesquite. Thinking, oh, this is what I need. And I've had the smoker for over four years, and I still have half a bag left. Mm, Yeah. And that was that was my downfall. Was I mistakenly thought that that half a bag, because they looked the exact same, was post oak. And so 11 p.m. at night, when I'm loading my pellet smoker. I realized that that was, in fact, mesquite. I'm like, I am not using mesquite on this. And I don't have post oak, so I'll just have to use the Traeger blend. But I think that made it much milder. Mm-hmm. I, I think that did not help with the flavor. So next time, definitely going to spray with apple cider vinegar. I think that was costly on my end. And then I will use post oak pellets. But it was still edible. I mean, <laughs> it just wasn't It wasn't my best. I've, I've probably made it. Yeah. I don't even know if it'd be top five. It was, it was okay. It was fine. But yeah,
2: you've got me wanting to try work to do, (laughs) trying a a brisket on on my smoker uh, again sometime soon. And, and there was an experiment where I saw where they're trying to recreate what, what Aaron Franklin does down at Franklin barbecue where they, um, where they will not soak the, the butcher paper they wrap the brisket in, but they will apply
1: rendered beef tallow to the paper. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I want to try that. I know. And I may go back to doing that if I have trouble again this next time because I I applied it before to the brisket and then use that kind of like a a binder. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, a binder. I guess that's more of a sausage term, but that's what I would use to... Well, to get the seasoning to stick on the surface. Yeah, yeah. So, I would do that before I even put it on the smoker. Um, I may even consider not wrapping it sometime just to see what that does, but... I don't know. Yeah. I just, I felt like I had, I think the last one or two I did, I felt really good about. And then this one, I feel like I took a step back. So it's just a constant battle guys. Even when you have a, a, a you know, quote unquote, foolproof pellet smoker, that's supposed well, to keep things normal. Tim, the weather
2: overnight into Saturday morning could have also been a contributing factor because it was, it was miserable. Yeah. It got basically down the Wednesday low. through Sunday the past week.
1: Yeah, it got into the 30s uh, Saturday or Friday night. That's so, that's true. So, I had yeah. two other things I wanted to go through quickly. I promise I'll be quick. Okay. Johnny G's salsa. Never heard of it. Go on. He's a, He's a guy who makes salsa out of his house here in Lubbock. Is- if you look him up <laughs> on Facebook, you message him, he'll reserve a jar of salsa for you. He makes three or four different kinds. I got the Rojo when I went, which is their medium and their medium packs some heat, which I enjoy. And let me tell you my brisket and egg tacos (laughs) tasted so much better with some Johnny G's salsa on them. So anyway, if you're, if you're in Lubbock and you want to spend a little more on a, on a good jar of salsa that is made really well and he roasts the vegetables himself. He does all this stuff himself out of his house he's give give johnny g a shot and his facebook is facebook.com slash salsa slinger salsa slinger i think that's his i should have looked this up but i think salsa slinger is his handle on instagram nice um then the other thing i wanted to mention is everyone who talked about watching ted lasso and how great it was and stuff Yeah, you guys were all right. Every single one of you were right. You were correct. I burned my Apple TV Plus free trial this week. Watched Greyhound. Shout out to Dr. Rick and all the other dads interested in naval warfare. Great flick. I enjoyed the hell out of it. But Ted Lasso was really worth the wait. And then I'm really excited that there's a second season coming out this July. They just debuted a trailer today, this Tuesday. And um, I will... I, I will pay. I will pay the four ninety nine to watch season two once it's available. It looks like it's coming out in July. Yeah, but anyway, Ted Lasso. It's he. He's impossibly nice. He's impossibly. Uh, oh, I don't know, just caring and wholesome, and so it makes it impossible for people not to like him, and. or or to listen to him or to respond to him. It's, it's just an interesting dynamic to see this guy on TV and, you know, the stuff he goes through with his personal life and his players, it it gets really serious at times and just kind of takes you by surprise. But gosh, it's, it just having going in knowing how many people gloat about it. I'm still glowing about it. I, I really enjoyed the show. So everybody who said how great it was, you're all Off right. I'll to check it out. Good job by you guys. Yeah. Ted Lasso,
2: Jason Sudeikis. Yes. All right. So with that, that'll do it for us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. We'll um, be back next week to review the Baylor baseball series and give any kind of basketball updates there may be. So for Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next time.
1: Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.
0: Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars.